Welcome to Hash Time with Navguzi Chuanuka. This is a place where we help you unravel social constructs, discuss self-development in line with mental health, emotional well-being, and everything in between that directly or indirectly affects us in the millennial world around us. If you're hearing my voice for the first time and are the kind of person who is not scared of being a better version of yourself even if it requires you to contradict who you were 24 hours ago, consider this your virtual home. I'm your host, Navguzi Chuanuka, and I cannot wait to engage with you in the various conversations. For our last moment of reflection with the 2022 guests, specifically this year, because I hope that I might continue with this in January until we officially open up season four. So for our last one this year, we're having Kirungi Brandoline and yo, 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 the gems that she comes with. Hey, hey, I don't have to delay this and I'm going to use the thing that she doesn't like. So without further ado, let's jump into her session. Kirungi, welcome to the podcast again. You're welcome. I'm so excited to be back. This <laughs> you, is like featured, for you featured in February. <laughs> I don't remember the exact date. Imagine. <laughs> Time flies so fast. Like I can't believe it was fair, but we already ending the year. It doesn't it feel, feels like yesterday. You know? It doesn't feel like it's so long back. Yeah. I, it, sort, it sort of feels like at least it can be like a, a two months back, but yo, it's a, right? whole, it's, it's a whole 10 months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what has 2022 been, been for you? Oh my, 2022 has been again so much growth for mm. me. I think growth has been, there's just been so much growth in so many ways, so much learning. Yeah. Um, I also think a theme, a theme for me that sort of recurred in 2022 was uh, rethinking what friendship means to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things that you, you really do not take time to think about and shape. Like sometimes we know what we want in relationships, mm. with, you know, intimate relationships. We know what we want from family, but maybe we don't usually take time to think about uh, friendships, uh, our friendships and, and how they are being shaped around us, how they're affecting us. Right, right. If they are even good for us. That part. Wait. Yes. So that has been 2022 for me, basically. <laughs> so much growth happening and rethinking. Yeah. What are yeah. some of the things that you've experienced in 2022 that you feel like, man, I really have to stick with this? I think one of the best things I've experienced is uh, radical faith. Radical um, Radical faith. I feel like that's something I've been practicing and I want to maintain. Mm. It's it's just that kind of faith that's just radical. Like How you can't even explain work? it to people. And... <laughs> I'm already asking, and you're <laughs> and you're saying you can't explain what? <laughs> well, it's it's really hard to explain. But all I can say is it's it's the kind of faith where you you have. To teach yourself to believe that you can actually move mountains, to believe that mountains can move for you, things can move for you, things people can come through for you. And why I call it radical, it's because it's so difficult for mm. you to just practice that kind of um, lifestyle. Yeah. So you have to be radical. You have to be like a mad person. <laughs> you 
people get to a point where they start to feel like maybe you're not living in reality. Like maybe you're getting out of touch with reality. That part. And yeah, and I've just had to tell myself, God can do anything. You know, mm. you have to like, and it's not just saying it. It's not just saying, oh, um, God can just do anything. No, no, no. It's um, God can actually do anything you ask him to do or yeah. whatever you want to be done for you. And this year has taught me radical faith a lot. <laughs> yeah, that I want to take with me forever. Yeah. Because I've realized it takes a lot of mental will for you to be able to take the white road to hell while you're thinking destructively and thinking all the worst case scenarios and thinking about all, all the negative outcomes that could, you know, happen. Mm-hmm. And then you have to do that 360 turn and have to convince yourself that, that what you're thinking is not right. And then you have to start thinking constructively. Mm. That has been like crazy for me. Like practicing that has been so crazy, but has helped me. It has helped me to respond better, not react. Oh, oh it has oh, helped me to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's helped me to respond better. It's helped me to learn how to detach and release uh, instead of being caught up in something that has happened. Someone has hurt you. You want to hold on to it. Uh, something has happened, not gone as you expected. You wanted mm. to define your future. So all I can say is radical faith. Because that's where I was, actually, I was actually going to ask you, at what mm. point when you're practicing radical faith, at what point do you realize that, okay, this is actually not healthy for me and therefore I have to let go? <sighs> it takes a lot of practice, but um, when you start to learn to have, you know, steady, calm conversations in your mind, Mm-hmm. You can literally observe, you become an observer and you can literally observe the debate. It's like you're in court. <laughs> you can literally listen to yourself, the two sides of yourself, having yeah. arguments. Like there's like the affirmative and the other side, the negating side. Mm. And you have to, I guess you have to get to a point where you can literally be an observer. If you can get to a point of being an observer and listening to yourself internally. Mm. you can get to that point where you listen to yourself tell you i think you're 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 going the wrong way or i think you're handling this in a very negative way and you there are going to be repercussions to that kind of thinking Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and of course there'll be the other side that says no but this and this you deserve this and And, (laughs) and i like to call that like the ego self and the spirit self Mm-hmm. or the lower self and the higher self mm-hmm. and those conversations are always happening in our minds we just don't take time to give both of them chance because guess what the one that's like repulsive and saying and very destructive is way stronger way more aggressive it's it more convincing yeah yeah it's like when you're angry and you just want to text that message really quick and show this person how angry you are you want to just scream or something so that voice that's like on the negating side that's that's the lower self mm. is really really strong and aggressive and and very convincing because it's like it makes you feel like you have a right to be angry you have a right to be you know pissed off you have a right to tell people off or do something like that mm-hmm. and now this other voice is really gentle right. it actually is gentle and it's not even shouting in your mind it's, <laughs> it's just trying to and it's just calm. And it's just saying, yo, like, honestly. You know what <laughs> I've noticed this year? This year I've noticed I have mm-hmm. a toxic trait of being calm mm-hmm. in my anger. Mm-hmm. 
I can abuse you, but when I'm very calm and you call me, you think I'm going to quarrel. You're going to find me talking with so much grass. I've noticed that's yeah. that's the point in my life where I can't really piss off someone. I want if, if I if I have to respond to the person, yeah, I make sure it's like that I am sober. Yeah, I want emotions. To make, yeah, I want to make sure that I'm sober, and there yeah. I'm really and, and toxic. I think it's a very no, I mean, if you think about it, I feel like it's it's filtered, it's seeped through, you know? It's uh-huh. seeped through anger if you come. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally know what you're doing. You know that thing where you're like, you when, a, when a debate ends and you're like, mm, I should have said this. Huh? Yeah. It's because you yeah. are thinking. Now I want to collect my mind exactly. and take my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, we are going yeah. To and, and for me, that's, I think, a very good point, a very good place to be. Uh-huh. Because it's in that process of like collecting your mind mm-hmm. that you're seeping through your thoughts, you know. Yeah. And remember, yeah. your thoughts yeah. carry energy and power, and they bring things to life. So if you're able to see through your thoughts, then you're able to know exactly what you're communicating or bringing to life or creating. I also, I don't, I also don't want to regret things because sometimes when you are angry, hey, hey, mm. we can mm. really say stuff that we don't mean. Yeah. Things that you can't turn back, you hey, know, man. things that you can't even apologize for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, so for me, it's just that point of being able to listen to that voice. And I finally understood what, you know, the Bible meant when, when Jesus was saying that the road to hell is really wide and big and easy and the road to heaven is very narrow mm. and small. That I understood very well because choosing the higher self choosing that path of constructive thinking, um, choosing that particular path is hard. My God, it's so hard. It's so hard. And and sometimes you forget and you backslide, if yeah. I can use that backsliding. Uh, sometimes you misuse your thoughts and the gift that God gave you of, of, of speaking in two things. Mm-hmm. We misuse that a lot. You're caught up in patterns. But the beauty about the journey I've taken in my life is the idea of self-awareness is that you are in constant awareness. Right. Like even when you backslide, there's just that that voice or that memory that look, you're doing this, but it's not right. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not in accordance to God or to the higher self or to the direction that you're trying to take. Right. Uh, recently, I was thinking about something else. Um that is really, really addictive and very hard to break. What's that? It's gossiping. <laughs> gossiping. Like, that pattern is so easy to fall into. Yeah. It's so easy, especially if you go to work, if you have a workplace, if you go to a community. Mm-hmm. For some reason, no matter how much you try to avoid gossiping, it comes up. Why? You're going to be in places where people are complaining about other people. Uh, this comes up, that comes up, something's always happening. So it's like something that's just really part of us. We find ourselves gossiping, yeah? I think we just And it becomes stories. normal. You know what? <laughs> yeah. You know one thing I've noticed Which about gossiping? Thing. I've been it's reading. It's like stories. Exactly. Mm-hmm. When I felt like when there's a, an anthology that made me feel like I think I love gossip. <laughs> I was reading a book and... I was constantly fi- want. I was constantly finding myself with the want of finding out, hey, what is happening in this person's life, you know? And I was like, hey, but in I'm a book. big gossip, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
but this is how you can tell if it's good or not. Yeah, if uh-huh. if if what you're doing is 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 gossip or storytelling, like you say, yeah. Right. Now, two ways to know. Mm-hmm. What you what you we have to ask yourself, and this is something I'm bringing it up now because it's something I've been reflecting upon by um in the last days, as the year is ending. Mm. What's that one thing I would want to leave behind? I know you said what's the one thing you can go with, but that's the one thing I would want to leave behind. The gossip part. And the gossip part. And mm. I had to sit down and really, really analyze what I mean, yeah? Because it's so easy to get into also a pattern of defending the gossiping. Mm-hmm. Now, the question that I have to ask myself is, how does this conversation make me feel after? Yeah. And sometimes it makes you feel more empty. And it's a train. It's like... The moment you start, you don't stop. The moment you start having conversations with other people, or people come to you, and, and sometimes you're trying to avoid it, but people come to you and be like, can you imagine this and this happened, so-and-so did this? And in the process, you find yourself contributing to something that's not even, you know, your own business. It's mm-hmm. not even part of your business. It's like you're just, it's just, it's just, oh, God, you guys, like the <laughs> devil. <laughs> the devil can just make, and then you just go and go and go. The second question you may ask yourself, in case the first one doesn't work, because maybe you've been in a pattern for long. The second question you ask yourself is, so am I, is this constructive or destructive? That part. And in many cases, if you find that the conversations you've been, okay, let's call them conversations. If you find the conversations you've been having with other people about other people, are more destructive than constructive. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? God blessed us with this mouth. Whatever we speak comes to life. Right. We speak things into life. So sometimes when you're having this pattern and God has called you to use your voice for, for good, to, to speak life into people, to, to build, and you're using your voice to destroy in terms of character, because again, that's character assassination. You're using the voice to destroy, you're using it to distract Mm-hmm. using it to taint and because you're in a circle of people who are also doing it often no one is there to tell to there's nothing helping to show you that there's a you know something is wrong here you know yeah and and then i started realizing it's one of those patterns that's hard to even eliminate completely because guess what it's like our families are built off <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you even having a conversation if it's not about other people? Are you serious? Which, I mean, yeah, I mean, look at, that takes me to the third point, that third question you should ask yourself is, if we had, if we took out other people from the conversations we have with this person, uh-huh. do we have anything else to talk about? Ooh, that. Because then you'll find that half of the friends you have or people you have around you, they are your friends with them because you gossip, because all you do is talk about other people. Do you know how I realized? Do you know what shocked me? I, you've talked about the part of rethinking friendships, yeah? And now you're talking about the part of gossip. I remember experiencing a major shock in my O level. And O level is when I was more outward, more ready, I think, to experience and understand life. But then I was doing it in a space where there were only girls, right? And then I realized there were people that were in cliques, fours, threes, you know, that kind of thing. And every time it was break time, these people would come together. And if one of them is not with them, they are talking about them. And I was like, how does this work? You are friends. (laughs) It It just didn't make sense. Like, and 
I was like, what is this? It was really, it was really hard for me to understand. Like, you guys are friends. One minute you're laughing. And the moment one steps away, they become a topic of discussion in a negative way, rather a derogative way. And I was like, what is this? I think it really struck me to a point that I'm, I'm still carrying it forward. Because I experienced Olivo in t- between 2006 and 2009. Look at me. Yeah. 13 years later, I'm still thinking like, eh? Yeah, and I don't even think people are doing it in a conscious way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a habit. You know how habits are. They're, they're just things you do and you don't have really so much um, control over them. Mm-hmm. And habits are very, I don't know, addictive. So yeah. they form patterns. You find yourself repeating a pattern, yeah? So I found that a lot of these people are dealing with more neurological challenges than the intention to harm. Mm-hmm. I feel like, because again, if you look at the neurological side of how habits are formed and how patterns are formed and how they just keep going on and on and on and and how they affect everyone else around you and so on, you find that a, a, a lot of these people do not, they are not doing this with the intention to harm. They just have no control over it. Mm. And it's a very tricky topic because, again, all of us are doing it at one point or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not an issue of who the person not doing it is more righteous or not. No, no, no. Mm. And I'm not saying it's completely like, oh, don't have conversations about someone or anything again you have to ask yourself are they am i are these constructive or destructive mm. how do i feel about them after and if we took away these people from these conversations are we able to have other conversations going or that's all we have going mm. on for us mm. for me those mm. are check. Mm. 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 and for so many incidences i found that if i'm around people who are complaining and gossiping and doing all these things by the time I leave, I feel drained. You feel an energy drain. Like, you feel unclean. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> it might you be feel a little like complex. A hypocrite. A hypocrite. Yes. That part. You feel like a hypocrite, which is what you are explaining, that you never understood. Like, how are people talking about? And I found that it's even worse in uh, corporate, corporate settings. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because in corporate settings... People want to vent about different things, you know. Mm. Oh, I'm doing the work, so and so is not doing it. Oh, I'm doing this, and the other person is this. Can you imagine this person sent an email? The person is a bitch. Can you imagine that? And it's it's a form of venting. Yeah. But it's a very destructive form of venting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because what happens is that's how you end up forming um sort of like cocoons. Did you know that someone someone having a conversation about you can affect how you feel about this, that person? Like, uh, if I come to you and I talk to you about someone else that you actually haven't even had a problem with, chances it, are high you'll be biased with that person. It happens. It happens. But now here is my... Now I have... I have. I also have this... I've, I've been calling it a weakness because it has been landing me in trouble. I have moments mm-hmm. when someone tells me about something I accept Mm -hmm. that that is the experience of that person. And I always want to experience someone with an open heart. Because chances are, there are people I know in my life that I cannot stand. And yet they are the best for other people. Yeah. So I always want to approach people with an open mind. But 
sometimes it lands me in trouble because <laughs> but then i also have this thing of approaching mindfully I, I want to mm. approach mindfully well aware that there is a possibility of this yeah so that it so that i don't carry the other person's version to cloud me completely from ex- fully experiencing this person so now the question is how many people are approaching other people mindfully barely barely I, exactly. I, I don't know i don't know much about them it's usually a thing of creating you know there pe- people have yeah. been calling it recruiting what enemies or what something like that yes so anyway it's something i'm still trying to analyze and assess and and it's something that just you know has been on my mind these last few months of the year Mm-hmm. and yeah like it's one of those things i would want to leave behind i would want to take radical faith forward yeah and leave behind um destructive conversations maybe Destruct. the word gossiping is yeah. too negative <laughs> destructive <laughs> conversations is what makes more sense actually yeah like if the conversations are are not constructive for me again that's an issue of um constructive and destructive are subjective to people exactly cultures races blah 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 mm. but for me if i start to feel like this is a conversation that's taking away from me more than it's adding i'd rather not have that conversation at all mm-hmm. but sometimes it's hard because like i say there are different forms sometimes someone wants to vent and you have to listen so now maybe you also practice how do i listen without getting involved in this person's you know emotional journey they are going through with that person <laughs> sometimes it's tricky i'll give you an example if your mom comes up to you and um she's say venting about someone this so that the emotional conflict is this is your mom yeah you want to understand them but you also don't want someone else hurting your mom mm-hmm. and then you also don't want to get so involved in a destructive conversation because you know for sure it's destructive and everything you say just adds fuel to the fire right right, right if i right. thought it's that i'm giving you scenarios why it actually now it feels like okay what are we doing or if it's your partner eh, man, you that know? one is complex <laughs> yeah and and you don't want to start telling people oh don't talk to me that's lugam but you want to start assessing how it's affecting you you know and if it's worth it because half of the time you're not even involved you know mm-hmm. oh wow now because you can make someone talk <laughs> isn't the it way you can make someone talk i joke i didn't plan to tell you all these things <laughs> do i say i am sorry <laughs> you have a gift it's a gift to how oh, you get us to start talking i don't know <laughs> okay let's maybe um get to the actual things that you wanted us to talk about we have know. we have actually they... covered them we have you came prepared no, i feel like that was it's like you prepared like your speech my personal, what? <laughs> my personal journey no that is it because I feel like because i was, was centering my journey, but i had my list i had my list of things we should live in 2020 <laughs> you have a list of things you want to leave eh? yeah let us go let us go through that list my friend um, this year has still been tagging their friends and posts. <laughs> 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 
my god, you're choking me. <laughs> I just want to just bring those people to Bambi. Like, it's okay to post and not tag anyone. Like, Why are they doing it's that? It's very okay. There is this person who takes like a month without coming on board. And then the moment he comes... He has to tag you when he finds some content hey, to post. I had to reach out to yeah. him and I was like, and you know, I reach out to people in worry that they're actually going to unfriend me because some of them have done that. They feel like yeah. I am supposed to be tagged. And the moment I ask them not to, they are angry. Yeah, but I have um, I have a, a trick for people. You can... Um, there are settings where you can review all the tags so yes. that not every bullshit is going to you your wall no i just don't want to be I notified know. that you tagged me you understand <laughs> it's not about it popping up because it will not if i don't accept it yeah but i don't want to be notified yeah. and then i find that it's nothing related to me i want yeah. to find your content yeah. organically because at some point i'm like oh, should right. i start tagging a hundred people on my pod on my podcast posts Man, it's like you're literally forcing people to I mean maybe there are people who can testify that tagging has worked for them in terms of reach mm-hmm. but um, I feel like it's one of those things that again I've been talking about privacy recently even on one of my posts mm-hmm. um, or boundaries I feel like it's one of those things which you just don't have to do like just inquire before you tag someone and stuff Find out if they're interested in that. Be sure. Be Someone actually did that. that. There's a person who asked me if they should tag me, and I didn't mind because yeah. what they want, what yeah. they wanted to talk about, did really make sense to me. Yeah. But me, I have a problem. If I find that you have tagged me with a hundred others, me, I don't even read. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> because I know. <laughs> You're forcing my eyes to open for your post. Yeah, so we need those people to chill. Like, just chill, <laughs> don't tag us. <laughs> then, um, maybe one of the other things we can we can also leave behind is is uncorrelated quotes with photos. Like, people think it's a must to post a photo with a quote. <laughs> like, you don't have to be a philanthropist, a psychologist, a, a theologist. <laughs> You don't even need to disturb the Bible. Just post your photo. <laughs> like, we shall still like. Hi, <laughs> Kiri. <laughs> 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 mm. Okay, like, I'm not refusing people to put captions, yeah? We are it's okay, not, put but your there's caption. the time when we are really struggling. Like, no. This is a struggle. Hey, like, there's when you really read the caption and you see the photo and you're like, you know, you really did need to do that. Like, you could have just posted mm. the photo and would see you and would still like and comment. There are people who post yeah. the same way in all photographs and they're still t- captioning. One thing about me is I am a high something. I'm like, I... <laughs> yeah, man, uh, people have crazy quotes. People put crazy captions and and sometimes it's like, how long did that take you, you know, to come up with that quote or that caption? I don't know. The last, the third thing I, I just have about just five. Mm-hmm. The third thing is um, 
this idea that people got of pull, pulling out their smartphones at people's weddings they had all those videos they record go and photos like i feel like people just do things unconsciously yeah yeah you're in church on a wedding someone is walking down the aisle the official photographers and videographers you're at the wedding reception and there's just all this number of people recording these videos <laughs> <laughs> like you know how bagola come and everyone pulls out a phone so sometimes i'm thinking because me i mc so i'm at events and i'm always thinking yeah are they doing this subconsciously like you know how you just do something because everyone else is doing it no i think or i think with the with the, the memory is really important for them it's one thing about memories, it's another about, oh my God, let me capture this. Yeah, and then what do you do with that after? Sometimes sometimes you find people's galleries full of things they don't need. <laughs> I'm sorry so, to say that. I have a, you're very right. You're right because I've seen it on so many levels. People even record things that they don't even really care about. Like It's just an idea of, I have a smartphone, let me pull it out and record. For me, it's more of the ego in, in play at that point. Is like, well, we have smartphones. Smartphones have cameras. Mm-hmm. Let's record. Let's show the world that we have a smartphone that can record. Yeah, Half sorry. of the time, quality, the quality is horrible. Thank you. Like you see someone recording, the quality is so bad. And you're thinking, why are you even bothering? Like, it's, it's just not worth it, you know? Last night, no, so, it wasn't last night. Like, Today is Boxing Day. Christmas yeah. Eve, I was in, I was there for mass, and yeah. this guy, well knowing that his picture quality is terrible, pulled out his phone, and switched on the flash to start recording people. When he reached my side, yeah. I looked away. I'm not going to come with my face raggedy. Ah, yeah, <laughs> no, and and for you, actually, they, that, that that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's subconscious because they don't even notice the quality. Sorry, but maybe they don't even care about the quality. They have just captured the moment. Sense. You know how you just said how you just said that a lot of people have things on their phones that they actually don't really need or don't care about. Mm-hmm. It goes to speak a lot about um, how we clutter our lives with things we don't need in Ooh, general. Yeah, that's why I said it's very subconscious. It's on a subconscious level, but for me, when I'm seeing that happening, I'm thinking, "Oh my God, this program." This program really, really works. This mind control program where a culture can be created by making people do the same thing, mm. even when it affects them. That's where and mindfulness just, comes in. Exactly. So people's minds are so cluttered and they don't mind cluttering a little more. And whereas they are doing it on a physical level, it's also, it's happening metaphysically, you know, mm-hmm. on the mind mm-hmm. level and playing so you just have all this clutter and you're not even thinking that this is going to clutter my phone. My memory is not, maybe my memory should not just be used for, you know, random videos. Um, maybe let me wait for official videos. And I'm not saying don't take photos and don't take videos. Do you? I'm really not against it. But because I've MC, I'm, I MC a lot of weddings, I observe behavior, human behavior. Yeah. And half of the time after that wedding is done, no one remembers those videos they were recording so it goes to show you that it was more of in the moment action you know impulsiveness yes yes it was more impulsive no one is thinking am i going to use these videos am i going to post them or anything so 
I feel like that's something that people should be more aware of. Like whenever you're going to pull out your phone to record something, before you even start recording, ask yourself, is this really, really important? Do I need to record this? Mm-hmm. Or can it be in the moment? Because I feel like people are missing out on the emotions of the day, the joy, the actual moment is passing by mm-hmm. because I've been wired to record every moment. You have pointed out so something that is very important. And it, like, it drove me to a, something that I, that I had a problem with. There was a time when I was surprising someone you know, it was their birthday and I went with the cake singing to them and they were like, eh, this was, this was, uh, what's the word? This was unex- unexpected. Uh, but oh. now you've not recorded. You've not recorded where. Exactly. That's what I'm going to tell you. I was like, that... wait, what? And it's very subconscious. She's not, now I'm so sure she wasn't doing it out of like in a bad way or anything it's mm-hmm. just something that has been programmed like we are being programmed 24 7 and because we're not being mindful and we're not meditating and not taking time to be more self-aware mm-hmm. we go with that program as i say this program is so strong every time i'm at events i look at the program and i'm like wow this program is really strong like it has really worked so in that people are no longer living in the moment mm-hmm. we are living for the program for social media for this like person is always not even just active tried. really on social media. They're not, I don't know. Exactly. It, it's a program. Like, we are just wired to, now that you have smartphones, record. I'm like, Everything hey, there is recorded. no recording even. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I was very happy to surprise you. <laughs> yeah. We had to redo it. Yeah. And it was just yeah. all performance. And I was like, oh, you don't like this. <laughs> wow. That took out the, the emotions, you know? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh no, okay, I wouldn't want to redo that. <laughs> That's crazy. You literally had to redo the whole thing. Yeah, with a recording. Oh no. <laughs> but again, I'm so glad you bring up this example because I guess it's now speaking to the problem I have with this whole thing where we just record without being mindful mm. of why we are recording, you know? And. Well, someone may argue that, you know, you need those memories and stuff. I feel like some of these memories even come out after someone has died. It's like that's when someone remembers, oh, by the way, I even had a video with them or a photo with them. And that doesn't, like at the end of the day, for me, I feel like we need to start breaking away from this program and being more mindful and just just being in the emotion of things, you know, Mm because that's what really matters at the end of the day, how someone makes you feel, how you made them feel. Not how you looked when you recorded each other and stuff. So, right, yeah. Was oh wow! I told you five. So <laughs> yes, you are number four. <laughs> uh, this one is tricky. Um, undefined relationships. And those ones should leave them behind. <laughs> and I'm saying this tricky because I am shaking so many tables, <laughs> including mine. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> Take us through these friendships. <laughs> so, our generation is quite. I I love our generation. It's very interesting. It's. I feel like we are the epitome of civilization in our generation. Like we've gotten to witness a lot of things. You know, and you think about the fact that years ago women were not even allowed to do some things, and there are some countries that don't even allow women to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm here 
each day that I'm looking, that I'm alive, I'm thinking, I'm so privileged as a woman to exist in this generation, right. in this era, where I can drive, I can sit on a table with men, I can say something in public, I have an opinion, you can eat I can chicken. do all these things. I can even eat chicken. Can you imagine chicken? <laughs> and yeah, and there's just all these privileges that come with this generation and being in this era, mm-hmm. including the ability to date whoever you want, whenever you want. You actually have the privilege. Again, we're not being married off. So that's why I'm saying it's such a privilege. Right. Because had you not been born in this era, you'd probably have been born at a time where you were betrothed at the age of, I don't know, whenever your periods come. The, mom, the moment you come out, maybe. <laughs> or oh, the moment you come out, there's already someone who's telling your father that, ah, my son is, my I don't son know, is I don't ready. know why people find this normal, but I see people in the comment section saying, my son-in-law. I'm like, hey, my dear. Mm-hmm. What are people, because why are people doing this? culturally, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? It's like, the, the culture still stays there, the DNA somehow. <laughs> but I just think about the privilege I have and I realize, okay, I'm in an era where I could choose a partner, I could choose not to be with them, I could crush on someone and, yeah, explore them and figure out <laughs> the <chicola. laughs> And it's really, really... I feel like it's a privilege, to be honest. For me, yes. I feel like it's a privilege. I know other people look at it as, oh, maybe our girls are whores or whatever. But for me, I'm, I'm thinking, well, if I was not born in this era, I'd probably have been Who married. Who hoes more than the, the men? Who hoes more than the men? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so one of the things that, um, that sort of crossed my mind is despite the privilege that we have, mm. we we are a generation that is so afraid to define things. Right. Especially with we men. Don't, we don't and, want and to do that. Yeah. We it's like, like this um, phrase, it's not serious. Do, eh? When it's not defined, because again, defining something makes it serious, right? Like yeah. it carries the responsibility of it. So what we do is we do everything that partners are doing, that intimate people are doing, except have a conversation where the relationship is defined mm. and i've found that so many people i keep telling people we need to stop being rivers because how can you be in flow all the time <laughs> go with the flow eh? yeah so many people just want to go with the flow they want to be rivers <laughs> <laughs> Someone may argue it's not a bad thing, but this is my argument. I'm not saying don't dare, don't explore. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, in that moment, whoever you're with, whatever time it takes, can we practice the art of defining things? Right. And I sort of understand why we are also being wired not to define things. Every time you define things, you are in control of, you're aware, you're in control of what you know and what is happening. Mm -hmm. Having undefined situations or relationships takes away your control. And again, I'm sorry, I I, I almost sound like a conspiracy theorist when I say we are being wired and programmed to do things a certain way. People don't know that, but the program is that strong, people. Like we are being wired to 
approach life that way through the movies, through gender, I don't know, definitions which are changing each day. Mm-hmm. So you can't even define uh, someone's gender accurately. Like it could change in like a few months to come. A few months, hours. <laughs> like I could, I, I could say, um, now I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't, uh, how do, there's a word they use that Identified. I don't do it with, I don't identify, you get. Mm-hmm. All that is, is wiring or programming meant to keep you in, um, in a gray area. Right. And so we are carrying this programming into our families, into our relationships, into um, our friendships. And that's why I told you again, for me, this year has been about um, redefining what friendship means for me. Because if you really, really take time to ask yourself the tough questions, and in this case, if you're in a relationship and you take time to say, so what are we doing or what are we, which is a question everyone, some don't people like don't it. even know. Like and in our generation that's a tough conversation like <laughs> why are you complicating don't complicate things Can you imagine? uh if you take time to analyze certain questions certain friendships and and really really ask yourself the tough questions like what really makes us friends like is this friendship you know mutual is it one-sided mm-hmm there are so many tough questions you need to ask yourself so that we can get out of undefined relationships, you know? Right. And you'll find that your life is, you're more focused and more aligned when your relationships are defined. That is true. Because at yeah. least there you so, know what you're doing with your life. Exactly. You have we like, I feel like we like, it, we, we, we like it where we are not fully aware of ourselves. We like to be on the surface. We do not want to go deeper to find out what is down here. Yeah. What are the what yeah. is the foundation? And, what are the roots holding this? And I guess it's in other people's interest that we are like that, that we are not deep human beings. It is. It's easy to control people one who are not interested or aware of themselves, you know. Hey, didn't you see someone I, I put up a link just uh, I think last week. It must have been five days ago. I put up a link where people can reach me anonymously. And one of the things that someone sent were, you look so serious with life, even when people are dying every day. Do you think you'll manage marriage? I'm like... (laughs) Everything in that question is not connected. It it is very... It's so weird. I'm like, choose where you... what, What are you trying to communicate? What are you trying to communicate? What exactly are you trying to find out about me? Yeah, but the thing of you are so serious, people are dying every day. (laughs) Okay, so again, like you're saying, it's anyway, (laughs) I don't know what state of mind that person was in, but I get it. Like, as you can see, it's so easy to just ask you, make assumptions about things and about people and not try to really get to understand where they're coming from, you know? Yeah, I told someone so, in anything when we are ch- where when we are asked to choose logic and shallow, we are going to go for the you know down there. That's what we like. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I think um, one of the things you want to leave behind is undefined relationships. It's really important to define relationships moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, defined relationships create a sense of loyalty. Right. And. And they also create that sense of security because then you're certain about 
what kind of relationship you have. Also, let it be noted that the people who want the undefined relationship are the ones benefiting from it being that way. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you're in a situation where you are the one asking for the relationship to de- be defined and the relationship is not being defined or the other person feels like it's not important, that means they benefit more from this relationship being undefined. Right. It, it's a sort of sort of manipulative tactic, which also means if you're the one who wants the relationship to not be defined, it's because you know that you benefit more from that that relationship being that way and the other person is being used mm. next you are user as well so it's a question that you should constantly ask yourself you know what's my role in this relationship you know if you're a daughter be a daughter if you're a friend what kind of friend you want to be if you're a partner if you're supporting in say church activities whichever relationship you have around you mm. you want to define it and you may not necessarily define it for, for the other person. You can't do that. You can only define it for yourself. Yeah. Once you define it, then you're able to assess and know, okay, does this work for me? Do I want to be in this position anymore? Do I want to continue doing this? And yeah, I guess that's the whole journey of being more self-aware, like you said, going deeper, not staying on the surface. Right. All right. So well, number, number five. Is, yeah. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> but even then if if if, yeah. I, if someone knew for even two months about what we're going yeah. to talk about would they have you know so take no, your compliments I, I don't, don't don't thank you thank don't, you, sush, yeah. don't, don't, don't swat it away i i was trying to actually don't do that <laughs> the things that you're supposed to live in 2022 is swatting compliments that are genuine Man, that's that's like a real hassle. If you've grown up, if you've grown up um, thinking a certain way and feeling a certain way, and having to deal with uh, a lot of uh, self worth issues, right? It really, it really is not easy to get used to taking compliments, you know, easily. But thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So, number five. Sugar, sugar, sugar. Like, I know this is a tough one. <laughs> yeah. Even for myself, but for me, I think I've made strides so far. Uh-huh. Um, I really, really wish a lot of us can try. It's not easy, but I wish we can try to reduce the amount of sugar we are taking. Mm-hmm. By sugar, it's do you hard. mean the, the different types but, of processed sugar, or are we just looking at sugar in chai um i'm looking at the different types of processed sugar yeah i'm looking at a lot of processed things uh the sodas sugar itself that we buy you know it's it's a conversation a lot of people don't really want to have it's one of the conversations that it's one of those conversations we have within our you know smaller circles with friends we're not having it on a wider coverage or in bigger platforms. Mm. And I felt like you're on my list. Um, if you try to do more research about sugar and the effect of sugar on the body, you will realize that it really, really is harmful. Yeah. It's addictive. And we're taking more than what the body can process. And it's, it's, 
again, there's like a whole industry set up just to make put sugar in everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you start to go deeper into energy management and understanding our bodies, the connection between mind, body, and soul, which I call the Father, Son, and Spirit, mm-hmm. you will find that sugar plays a very big role in limiting that energy flow and and creating energy energy stuck up in the cells, you know. There's a way so people end up getting yeah, people get get sick and stuff because of sugar. It feeds the it feeds cells with some toxic shit. That's a lot of science. People are not even <laughs> interested in it. Everyone is like, yeah, we are all going to die. Cool. Oh. <laughs> so I don't want to talk to those people. I want to talk to the people who are interested in um, elevating their spiritual life. If you really, really want to take this spiritual journey and elevate your life, you want to consider uh, quitting sugar. Mm. Or if quitting is very hard, consider really, really reducing the amount of sugar you take. I'll give you an example. I don't buy sugar where I stay in my home. Mm-hmm. I don't use sugar. I usually buy organic honey. I can't stand but if honey. I went out with friends, yeah, but everything is a quiet test. Even the sugar we take is a quiet test because there's an experiment they did where they were, they got these kids and who are babies and they raised them without ever testing sugar. Mm-hmm. And the first time they tested sugar was after they were adults and they hated the test. They just oh, yeah? felt like it was the worst. Yeah, it was like taking alcohol. Wow. And so the, the whole experiment was to show you that sugar is an acquired test. And the problem with sugar is it it really fucks up with your test buds. Once you get, uh, once you learn how to take that, you know, have test test sugar. Okay, once that test is in is is put in your mind, mm-hmm. you start to feel like nothing else tastes good without it. But I struggled with sugar when I was growing up. Like not sugar generally, the processed drinks and all. Sugar specifically in tea. One thing that really reminds me of this is I must have been in primary three and that's about the age of eight. My brother had Mm. prepared, I think, porridge. And Mm -hmm. when I finished it, I found that when he had stirred, the sugar had not fully stirred in the porridge. So there was some Mm. concentrated at the base of the cup. So I showed it to him and I was like, hey, look, this remained. And he was like, take it. I was like, I cannot. (laughs) And then he was like, bring your cup. And he took it. He was chewing this sugar. But then I realized uh, for a specific period, especially when I was in boarding school, I'm not yet sure what exactly I might have been struggling with. I don't know if it was just too much sugar in the porridge or just yeah. porridge generally, I don't know. I've not yet found the right answer. But I had when I had just the, the first two terms, it was a great experience of eating white porridge. And then in the third term, my stomach couldn't have it. Like it would go in and then just come out in a few minutes. But then I, I don't know because I think there was a time when I took it and I don't know, I'm not yet sure. I'm not yet. I'm. I'm not yet sure, but then it's. I've. I become. I become more peaceful when I mm. graduated to maybe HSC, and I saw myself reducing the amount of sugar I take. 
not yeah. HSC. What is that thing called? High school, S one, senior yeah. one. I started put mm-hmm. cutting down on the sugar I take, and I, I was like, I like this better. And then I was like, let's see if yeah. I reduce it. What do you do? I'm like, I really like this, you know. And then by campus, yeah. I was like, do I really have to keep pretending? <laughs> that you I like stopped. sugar. <laughs> That's so, that's so different, you know? Like, for you, you wouldn't even struggle with the idea of, like, quitting sugar and stuff. I, I, it wasn't a struggle. But even with the honey, I think generally I'm not so much of a Interested sweet... stuff. Yeah, um, it's really rare for me. So even for the honey, you see how honey is medicinal? Yeah. yeah. I don't mind popping pills. I guess... If you give me yeah, honey, I, guess I am struggling. Like, like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think people we recommend honey because it's like the closest to something you can replace the sugar with. I've heard but stevia. Been, uh, Have you heard of it? What's even better? Pardon? Have you heard of stevia? No, no. What's that? It's uh, it's a plant. It's plant based, mm. but it can be refined into powder. People use it as well. It's a, it's a natural For sweetener. Sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but it's a hub yeah and there are many options there are many options actually i don't know people need to find out now there's that which i didn't even know about i'll research more about it mm-hmm. they also need to uh i've been told the best way to eliminate the acquired taste of sugar is using fruits like if you can replace all the times you take sugar with fruits mm-hmm. or the cravings you get for sugar with fruits mm. then that would really really work um but i've also found that Managing your sugar intake also helps you to manage your weight. A lot of people think I work out, yet I don't. I rarely work out, by the way. <laughs> but I've found that every time I, I reduce my sugar intake, yeah, I maintain I maintain my body a certain way. Like, the body starts to become firm, mm. so being saggy and stuff like that. Or, I don't know, so, you know, there's that, there's a way sugar makes your body or skin look. I don't know how to explain it. The scientists start to how, become how they come through. Exactly, they will. But uh, for me personally, I found that my body improves. Everything improves when I reduce my sugar intake. Mm. Now, is it easy? Not at all. It isn't. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. And it's not a journey for the faint-hearted. Again, like I said, that the road to heaven is really, really narrow. Like yeah. the route you being your higher self, it's narrow and, and it's really tough getting there. And the road to hell is super wide, super, mm, super mm, wide. So, mm. so many we options. are constantly, yeah, which road we are taking. Yeah, I think that's it for me. Now, there's a word everyone needs to drop which because one? we are in 2022 <laughs> without any further ado. <laughs> Without any further ado, like, what are we doing? What is that? Why are we still doing that sentence? <laughs> but anyway, without any further ado, <laughs> that is the end of my list for things we should leave behind in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> And I hear people using that word. I'm like, why? I feel like screaming, why? Why are you using it right now? <laughs> <laughs> Kirungi, thank you so much for sharing with us your 2022. 
and I yeah. I wish for you to experience 2023 with bigger wings and boss moves. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure being here. I, I want to come back in 2023. <laughs> we will, I will bring you. Maybe we should start scheduling this <laughs> more often. <laughs> True, true. And we, we Thank check, you so much. We check the things that people are doing subconsciously. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'll be blessed. Happy New Year and good luck to hashtag with the Nalukazichi um, Wani card for 2023. Amen. Thank you so much. All right, bye. Bye. And that is it from her. I don't know. Again and again, I'm going to be asking are you reflecting and assessing yourself? Yeah, you need this. You can't just float. Life does not work like that. You need to be mindful. Check with yourself. Reflect upon this year, assess yourself, and figure out how best you're going to ask the 12 months of 2023. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag with Novgazichuanka. If you loved what you heard, make sure you subscribe to Hashtag with Novgazichuanka in your podcast platform of choice and share it with your friends, loved ones, and everyone that you believe is affected by the millennial world around us. Also, feel free to share your insights about what connected with you on social media and be sure to tag us. We are at hashtag with Navuzichwanka on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter our handle is at HTNK Podcast. Bye! Happy 2023!